millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The Rock and Gary, get those two together. Boom! <laughs> what three wrestling matches would you watch if you were stranded on a desert island? This is what I'm asking wrestling's best. In the ring, around the ring, behind the scenes, or behind a microphone. I'm Tom Campbell. Thank you for joining me on Cultaholic Island for another episode of Desert Island Graps. Alongside me, a man you may recognise from his ring announcing duties tonight. He joins us in the commentary booth. Andy Shepard, great to have you here, mate. How are you? Nigel, you and I have been a part of this brand since its inception. I couldn't be more excited to move from being in the ring announcing your competitors to be alongside you at the Comptu Desk calling the matches for the fastest growing brand in WWE. Welcome to NXT UK. Andy Shepherd, how you doing? Hello, mate. I'm very well. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I am really well. Um, it's a bizarre time we're living in. Um, <laughs> but hey, I'm... It's, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm all the better for speaking to you. Oh, stop it, you. Now, um, <laughs> before we started recording, we briefly, were, we, I, I was sort of giving you the, the spiel about how this show works, like anything you plug in, and you made the right point. Um, we're not really plugging anything at the moment because everything's stopped. The world is upside down. Yeah. Hey, well, no, it's not stopped. It's not stopped, <laughs> especially in the world of WWE. Of course, NXT UK, there's, there's new shows each and every week, so... If I'm plugging anything, it's that. But as you say, it's, it's a bizarre time we're living in. Um, hope everyone who's listening to this is is doing well, um, and that this conversation is going to help pass some of that time. But hey, look, the world of WWE, it's, it's a, it never stops turning. There is no off season. There is no downtime. So yeah, the WWE train marches forward. Again, look, I've worked for the company, and I've loved the company my entire life. All that stuff. But just as a fan. I think it's incredible what the company's managed to do. I mean, I have no idea what was originally planned for WrestleMania, but the amount of time they had to turn that round into readjustings and then things like the Boneyard match, which for me just loved it, absolutely loved it. For them to turn creative concepts around and execute them and, and do them so well, it's just it's just amazing. And I, I honestly can't think of another entertainment brand company whether that, that has the ability to pivot so quickly and to execute so well you know so it's um 
it's it's been a real pleasure just as a fan to be able to watch what they're doing you're beyond a fan you're now a part of the company and we're going to get into that <laughs> as uh, we move along but uh, i'd like to touch on this you nearly became a blue peter presenter andy oh my word i did i did i was yeah i think it was from what was it? i think it was something like twenty thousand people down to the final 10 that's how close i got for those listening in the States who don't understand how important the institution of Blue Peter is, I'd like you to explain it. So <clears throat> Blue Peter, especially for anyone who grew up in the, you know, from the 90s onwards, it was a show that was, it was on BBC One, which is the number one channel really in, in the UK. Everyone has access to that channel. It's no cable. It's no subscription. Everyone has that channel. I think it was on at like 5.30 and it was a kid's show. But it was on the main channel. So everyone from kids to parents to grannies to everyone who used to watch that show. And it's an institution. I mean, I don't know how many years it's been going on for, like 50 or something. It's, it's, it's spanned multiple generations. And I think as a, as a presenter, as a host, especially when you're sort of starting out, it's, it's the show that you all look to. It's, it's really one of the flag-bearing shows that you, you, know, you, you want to cut your teeth on. And so many great people have come out of that. Not only, you know, our own Radzi at NXT UK. So it's, yeah, it's an institution, to say the least. Favourite Blue Peter presenter of all time, not counting Radzi. Oh, I'm going to go Radzi! <laughs> oh. Let's, let's, let's uh, accept that Radzi is god tier. We're not going to do tiered for Blue Peter presenters. That'll take us seven years. But, I mean, who would you who would you put in god tier for Blue Peter presenters? Katie something, which oh, I think when I was about... Katie Hill. Yeah, I think, I think I had, you know, especially when you're young, you have these like, oh, that woman's interesting. But obviously, like, your first crush. But I think there's some... I remember I met Connie Huck. Uh, I, met, I met Connie Huck at some point, and I remember being like, that was the, one of the first TV presenters I met. I've got a picture of me with her. I'm wearing a very tight vest. But I think, <laughs> I, I think Katie Hill and Connie Huck are probably two of my favourites. We'll put them in God tier then. And, uh... and Radzi! Uh, Radzi's always in God tier, don't you? Don't you worry. And and Lindsay, who, uh, just going back to your story, so I I was part of the Blue Peter You Decide show, like an apprentice-style show to find the next Blue Peter presenter, and Lindsay, uh, who's still one of the presenters there now, she won that, so of course her. So I've got the the, the people I grew up with, Katie and Connie, and then I've got, my, of course, my recent ones, Lindsay and Radzi. But it says everything about how, how important a show like Blue Peter is when the UK has an X-Factor-style competition to determine who is next to present it. That shows the importance of it. And just for me, just going back to my career, I mean, I, I'd, I'd done a bit when I'd gone on that show. I was doing stuff for, like, SBTV and, you know, just hustling like everyone is. Um, but that was that was a real, if anything, confidence boost because, you know, I, I didn't think I was probably right for the show, um, but I kept getting through all the rounds. And to get from, I think it was 20,000 people applied to get down to the show, which was, which was just 10 people. I think that was like, oh, maybe, maybe I could do something in this field. So f- for me, it was, it was a great experience. I had a lot of fun doing it. But we're mainly here, Andy, because we are sending you on a desert island. Oh, I'd love to make this island right now. As long as I had, <laughs> as as I had internet and a nice big TV and like Deliveroo, I would love to be on a, a desert island. Mate, right you've now. described everybody's self-isolating situation right now. <laughs> It's essentially what's happening right now. Um, But we're going to send you to a desert island with a DVD. And on this DVD will be three wrestling matches that you're happy to watch. We're we're old school, mate. Not even a Blu-ray. Tell you what. All right. All right. Just for that comment, you're getting it on a mini disc. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> you get you get it on an eight track oh, um we're gonna put it on a t- so what three matches would you like burn so you can watch uh over okay. and over again so what would your first one be andy 
So my first match, and I, I've mentioned this match in a, in a couple of interviews before because truly, and this is not an overstatement, this match genuinely changed my life. Before this, before I saw this match, I was a fan. Like I was getting my, I didn't have Sky as a kid. I was getting my mates to video the the pay per views, you know, at night and stuff, and just hustling away to try and get hold of them. And I was a fan. I was invested. But this match was the match that I watched probably daily for a couple of years, and just made me think I want to be a wrestler. I want to I want to do something in this industry. And it's the Iron Man match, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 12. Oh, I love how often this one comes up because it shows yeah. how well it has lasted as a match. Um, so with this, so was this would this been would have been one of your first WrestleManias? Uh, I th- so I think <clears throat> my first ever exposure to wrestling was. I think a buddy of mine showed me like a VHS tape of WrestleMania nine and I was blown away by the Caesars palace type stuff. But then again, I didn't really have, I didn't have access to wrestling. I didn't have sky. I don't think WCW came onto, um, onto ITV until a few years later. So I'd, I'd get tidbits um, of wrestling, but this was the first WrestleMania where I got into wrestling where I was kind of invested. I think that January, I think that January, the Rumble was the first pay-per-view I got my mate to record for me. So this is really when I was really starting to get, it was starting to get a hold of me properly. So, so yeah, this is the first Mania that I was kind of truly invested for. Were you a Bret Hart guy or a Shawn Michaels guy in this one? Shawn Michaels. Shawn oh. Michaels. Again, because I, I remember I saw, it, again, the, the Rumble. His performance in the Rumble early that year, he'd just come back, I think, after some time away. And obviously there, there was a big push behind him. So just as a fan, as a kid who just knew nothing, just like, oh, my God, this guy's amazing. And that's another thing about the Iron Man match was just – this this is a kid like I, I don't you know I'm just literally watching it not knowing what the hell I'm watching, and for the narrative for the story for the performance for all of it just to capture my imagination when I go back and look at it now I appreciate it on a whole different level but when you're watching it on just base level terms just is this entertaining hell yeah it's great when there is a match like that that just awakens you as a wrestling fan yeah um, so how old would you have been Andy at that point oh god nine ten like you know, like young, like you know, you, I, I had no idea what the industry was at that point, you know? So that, that was one of the first, I'd seen Hulk Hogan at nine, but this was my first kind of like, Oh, now I'm a wrestling fan. Getting those VHS tapes recorded, doing what you can to get it. And then obviously WCW was creeping onto TV over here. So, you know, that, that was kind of my regular thing. I think on a Saturday afternoon. Um, but just, again, just trying to get as much as I could. It, it was difficult back then because there wasn't, the internet the only way you got it was was on sky and i think even the magazines were like three months behind so i remember i don't have power i don't think i started getting power slammed then i don't know if it was around back then but i remember getting power slam and that was the most up-to-date kind of news that was going on but i always remember wwf magazine was always like three months behind so just trying to get what i could you know buying the figures going to the tours when they're over here but yeah i mean that that year i think it was was it 96 that year um, that was the year that got me into it. That uh, you mentioning Power Slam there is just just woken up a bit of my uh, my nostalgia. So you were you subscribed to Power Slam or was it just kind I, of I whenever? Wasn't you... sub- I wasn't subscribed, but there's a shop down the road, the news agents. I'd go down there every month. I knew roughly what day. I think I used to ask them what day it was coming on. I'd go down there, and it's still at my parents' house. I have got the most colossal. <laughs> um, 
See, I've got so I've got the it was the WWF magazine, the, the main one. Then I think Raw came out, which is like the bit of the saucier one. And then there was the then there was Power Slam. Those were my three magazines. And I think even when I started to maybe drop off by magazines, Power Slam was always the one I kept up because it had all the news and stuff. So I've got all of that along with wrestling figures, along with piles of VHS tapes. Um, my my room at my mum and dad's house is a shrine to wrestling. I had a I had a message from my mum and dad literally three days ago, and because because everybody's in in a lockdown they're going through stuff and and we're we're a kindred spirits because my old room is full of vhs tapes full of wrestling magazines and i've just had photos of my dad saying are you keeping any of this crap or do you want yeah. me to chuck it away so absolutely keep it don't get yeah. rid of it shocking behavior my mum with a lot of stuff is like is she's like oh should i chuck this stuff out when she's found old stuff of mine but i think she knows how much of the wrestling stuff means to me <laughs> so she's like yeah yeah i mean your room's a mess but we'll keep it it's fine they must be delighted though that that you were that you were a fan of of the of the wrestling and now you work for WWE. You only really appreciate your parents, I think, as you grow up. When you're like a mardy teenager, you know you, you don't really appreciate them. But I I couldn't appreciate and love my parents more now. When I was a when I was a kid, every I think it was pretty pretty birthday and Christmas because it was quite expensive. They used to get me tickets to go see the wrestling. And again, I think it was I think it was often WCW that was over here. They were doing maybe more tours at the time. So she'd always get me tickets and she'd always hustle hard to get me on the aisle because I wanted to sort of you know try and high five the wrestlers. She got me tickets to one night stand the pay per view that was over here that Bulldog and um, Shawn Michaels main evented and I'm on the aisle. I've got a big sign that says Andy on it pointing down. What? So, <laughs> yeah. so my, my parents did so much for me they you know initially they didn't want me to be a wrestling fan because let's be honest on the on the base level you look at this thing going what it's kind of fighting i don't want my kid to be into fighting i don't want him to i want him to you know i don't know like accounting or something so it was it was a bit they weren't too keen to me get into it but they supported me all the way through and then i did go through a stage of wanting to be a wrestler I, I wanted to be a pro wrestler until I was probably 18, 19, 20 or something. Um, and that other things kind of, you know, sort of captured me at that point. Um, but now moving on years later, they came, they came to the Royal Abbott Hall shows we did a couple of years ago. Obviously I've, I've hosted shows before, but if I'm hosting on camera, there's no, you know, if you're in the arena, you don't really get to see me. So that was the first show they'd come to where I'm in the ring, I'm ring announcing, I'm emceeing the event. And they're in the crowd at the Royal Albert Hall. And afterwards, they came down to sort of you know, come and see me. And I remember that being a very special moment because all these years of them you know, hustling to get me tickets, them just supporting me in, in life, you know, um, that was a moment where it's like, oh, actually, yeah, like you're getting to work for this company that we used to buy tickets to take you to go and see. So that was a very special moment. Is there a particular memory from one of those early wrestling shows that you went to? So I've got, there's a couple of standout ones. I think the very first wrestler I saw live was DDP. So I, I remember, again, before the internet, you don't, it's hard to kind of keep a track of stuff, especially over here when it was with the mid nineties or so. Um, and he came out, I didn't really know who he was, but then obviously very quickly DDP became you know, a mainstay in WCW. So that's a very special moment. The first ever wrestler I saw um, live. Um, I think Mr. Z-Man was one of the first wrestlers I saw on WCW Worldwide. Tom Zellick, I think his name was. Oh, um, nice. Tom Zank. Yeah, that's the one. And then, but another moment, probably, it's, it's probably that one night stand or one night, was it one night stand, one night only? The pay-per-view over here. That moment there when Shawn Michaels versus HBK, it was just after SummerSlam and there's a rematch between um, Bret Hart and Taker, which was just amazing. That match and just, 
it is different going to see a, a pay-per-view show than a, a house show. It's just the lights are different, all the cameras, the atmosphere. That was very special. I remember just, I don't know, it gives you a funny feeling. I'm sure all of us who, who love wrestling, who go to these shows, when you, when you go to a big event, you know, when there's something on the line, there's a feeling there. There's an emotion. And, and, and again, that's something that's captured my imagination early and it's, it stayed with me. Obviously, as you were a wrestling fan, but you did lots of other announcing work before you were here. You worked on Dave quite a bit as well. How do you get into that entire world to start with? Oh, man, just, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> next question. So your second match. <laughs> no, so, so I, you know, I, I remember, it's taken me about 10 years to get here. I, remember, I, I, I worked behind the camera as well as a producer and director, and I had done for quite some time. So I think I was, you know, I was working as, as a runner at a film company. I was like, oh, I want to try and give this on-camera stuff a go, but I didn't know how. So just made a show or started sending stuff out there. And... Very early on, I remember hosting something for a company called Bama, who are a mixed martial arts company. They had a show on Channel 5. I hosted like a ring girl competition for them. It was one of the first things I ever did. That did that, and then I sort of hassled them. I could do some more stuff for them, but nothing really came of it. Over the next couple of years, you know, did things for SBT, did the Blue Peter stuff, did, you know, I was on Big Brother's bit on the side, just, you know, just hustling away, doing whatever I could. Um, did Red Bull cliff diving, which was really cool. So I was, I was building up some stuff. And then out of nowhere, and maybe four years after I'd done anything for them, Bama, the guy who owns it, gave me a call. and said, hey, you're around this weekend. You know, you want to come and host a show for us? And I was like, oh, yeah, for sure. And that was the start of my journey in kind of combat sports. And, I, you know, I like mixed martial arts, um, but I hadn't watched it as much as, uh, you know, I had wrestling. But I liked it because it was kind of like real wrestling. So I, I then became just engulfed in mixed martial arts, um, working for Bama, working for UFC, working for Bellator, doing a variety of things. And off the back of that, um, met David Hay, who was, he was just amazing to me. And then he began his comeback and he was amazing and asked me to be part of that as the broadcast team. So that got me doing stuff with that. And it just kind of snowboarded from there just again an opportunity that i had at the very start hosting a ringo competition finally paid off to something four or five years later and and through that kind of that move forward and then um the wwe I, I was i was actually producing a segment for james corn's late late show um with wwe got talking to someone there i had my show reel kind of you know i've been doing stuff in the world of fight sports for quite a, quite a bit of time and um said hey if i was gonna if i was gonna like show my show reel to someone who would it be they put me in touch with someone and, and then the conversation started. So it was a very long and intertwined journey, but a lot of it was just the right place, right time. What was the stuff you were doing with James Corden? As well as being a broadcaster, I, I produce and I direct stuff. So um, I've done a lot of work with Full Well 73 for years. Since 2012, I've worked with those guys. And they're the guys who make James Corden's show. They make a lot of great stuff for like Sutherland Till I Die, which is on Netflix, the Usain Bolt film, Class of 92. They make a whole load of stuff. But yeah, I've worked with them for a long time and, um, they knew they were doing this James Corden sketch. It was basically Corden's parents going to a WWE show and, and messing around. And they're like, they, they knew how much I love wrestling. They're like, Andy, you're making that one. So, um, so yeah, I, I went down and, and was helping produce that. <clears throat> and, that, and kind of that's how I started getting with the WWE guys. When I first started working with Full World, I think it was 2012, there was maybe eight people there. Now they've got 60 full-timers. They've got offices in LA. They're making some of the biggest, you know, they're making carpool karaoke. They're making a whole world of stuff. Um, they're just, they're amazing. They're amazing. And for, for me, it's been a real privilege to sort of, you know, 
to watch them grow, to sort of be a, be a small part of that at times. And they've helped me so much again, particularly behind the camera. It's all helping develop my career as a producer and director. So big, big, big love for the full world guys. In fact, I was actually, I was actually a surprise guest on their, their recent quiz. Um, which was very nice to kind of go and reconnect with some people there. With what you're doing now, obviously announcing and stuff has been a part of your world for a few years before NXT UK. Who do you look to as inspirations in that field? My background in terms of broadcasting was, I suppose the, the American term is an anchor. So I'm the one kind of piecing the show together, you know, I, with Bama, with Bellator, with um, with David's shows. You know, I'm, uh, you welcome the show, you break things down, analysts, that kind of stuff. So com but commentary per se was never really part of it. Um, so it's been a real new skill for me to pick up and learn. And, and people I really look to, people like Tom Phillips has been incredible. Tom Phillips has just been such a huge help uh, to me over the last, particularly the last few months, but really my entire WWE career. So him for sure. Vic Joseph, um, again, just another incredible talent who's been so helpful and supportive. And then there's the likes of Michael Cole. Um, who is just on another level. And I've got to mention John Quaster as well, the voice of 205 Live. Yeah, the whole the whole WWE Nance team are just an amazing group of supportive people. And, you know, over the last couple of years, and particularly this year, as I've kind of, you know, moved across into that seat, they've been so helpful. So all of those guys I, I, I look to for advice, for support, for inspiration. I want to talk more about uh, your, your new role in NXT in just a second. Before we do, uh, your second match for your DVD, uh, Andy, or your 8-track, as we've now decided. Uh, You're so smooth, by the way. You're so smooth at transitions. This is a, this is a pleasure to listen to. <laughs> oh, stop it, you. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, well, this, hang on, let me just shift the gears now. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Right, so, uh, your, your second match, sir, what have we got? So, <clears throat> this is a match that I think is very very special to me personally and also i think i think to the brand of nxt uk um it's from takeover chicago back in 2017 uh tyler bate versus pete dunn this is the thing that dreams are made of really isn't it for moments like wrestling at takeover i crush people's dreams right now tyler bate is living a dream well at nxt takeover another dream gets crushed i'll beat pete dunn at takeover chicago i've done it once and i'll do it again Will it be the 20-year-old sensation Tyler Bate or the bruiserweight Pete Dunne who leaves NXT TakeOver Chicago as the WWE United Kingdom Champion? So why pick that one in particular? I think because of the moment in time and what it did for the awareness of the brand. So prior to that, we'd had the tournament in... Blackpool, the first tournament, which was a risk. I was talking to Tom Phillips about this recently, actually, on my podcast, how much of a risk it was. Because so many people involved in that first tournament, a two-night live tournament, hadn't got any live experience. Me, for one, I'd done a bunch of live TV. I'd never ring announced in my entire life, and they're putting me on live. So that, that was a big night for everyone, and we crowned Tyler Bate as champion. And people watched it, people were aware of it. But this match, this was a match that was on a takeover card. You know, people were watching NXT big time at this point. NXT was, you know, had really caught fire. And for these guys to go out there, I think a lot of wrestling fans may have heard of the tournament. Yeah, okay, we're crowned, you know, a UK champion. Okay. But for Tyler and Pete to go there on such a big stage and perform in the way they did, that, I think, is what captured a lot of people's attention and made people think 
oh, what they're doing in the UK, that's legit. The fact that match went on to win match of the year, match of the year. Think about the matches that year in, the, in NXT. That match is the one that won. That showed that the, the quality of work over here is is second to none. And although it took a while, you know, that was, I can't remember what month that was in. It took us until you know the middle of 2018 to, to get NXT really, truly underway. I feel like that match is the match that goes, no, you've, you've got to persist with this in the UK. There's something here because we've got talent like this and we're stealing shows. Give us a show. We'll steal everyone's attention. And you talk about with that match as well, um, the, the, the gravitas that that had. It wasn't just the performance by both the guys, but it was the, the, the consideration around that. It was bringing in Jim Ross to commentate on it. It was, yeah. it was an absolute blinder of a move. It's, it's, um, with, with that, um, I don't know whether you've spoken to Nigel about it, but that must have been a buzz for Nigel. It's just the exposure. And I think it's you know, takeovers are a big deal. So to showcase the, 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 the kind of UK talent on that, particularly at that point, was just a huge privilege. And I remember watching it and just being proud. Again, at that point in time, you know, uh, we all wanted a show to happen over here. But, you know, at that point, there wasn't anything solid and there wasn't anything solid for quite some time. But watching that match just, I think, filled, I know it filled me and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the other talent and crew and everyone else involved will, will feel the same. Filled us with just, you know, hope and, and pride that this is what we've got. So look, the NXT UK is, is less than two years really from when we were well less than two years from when we started. And already there's so many shows still in matches, but I think for this one, it, it's a very special one because after that UK tournament, you, you could have you could have said, oh well, actually this this will fade away. You know, this this crop of people will fade away, and they'll have a title, and they might throw it out here and there. But I think what Tyler and Pete did that night made people think, nah, 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 we we we, we got to persist with something over here. We have got to make this work. How we're going to make it work? When we're going to make it work? We don't know, but we've got to make it work see the the way you talk about it there um and obviously we don't know what goes on you know you, you don't see the, the 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 legs of the duck flapping but you don't appreciate like how much was really riding on this match then i don't know that the ins and outs truly behind the scenes but in retrospect now you know we so we did the, the thing in blackpool and then a couple of months later we did a show in norwich um one of the matches was actually shown this past week on on nxt uk um and then there was this you know there's what was it? Pretty the best part of 10, 12 months where not a lot happened, you know, in terms of stuff over here in the UK. And, and you've got to think that's a, lo a lot goes on behind the scenes in terms of if we're going to launch a brand over here, how does that work? You know, it's not as simple as cool, let's do it. I, I know that a lot goes on, but I don't know. I, I, I feel like this match just gave us so much equity. They're like, nah, man, this, these guys are talented. You, you, you've got to cultivate those guys in the UK. What you've started, you've got to finish. Um, maybe I'm putting too much onto it. I don't know. But I know when I watched that match, the feeling it gave me. And I know what, and we all know what happened the following year. So, you know, Tyler and Pete and the rest of the crew, everyone up and down the NXT UK roster, everyone's done their part to help build this brand. But on this night, these two guys stole the show and they stole the show not only on the night, they stole the show for the whole year. Take us to the moment where you found out that NXT UK was a go. Was it a phone call? Um, when did I find out? Because the thing is, I think some people think that we all know stuff well before the public do. And 99% of the time, that's not the case. Um, 
when did I find out? I, I may have found out a week or two before. I think Cole, I think Michael Cole may have told me something was occurring. And that was maybe a week or so before the Royal Abel Hall shows. Uh, I can't think of the exact timeline. I think I knew a, a little bit before, but certainly not month to month before. I remember going down to, I think they were over here doing a tour. Um, I remember I went down to see them at the O2 and had a chat with, with Michael Cole. And he told me, you know, we think we're going to do something. Um, so, so get ready. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't long before. It really wasn't long before. And, and I think, and I think you know, anyone who's worked with WWE or, or knows WWE is, you can get told things. Cool. Great. You, when it happens, that's when it happens, you know? So even if you're told something's going cool, it needs to be announced. So really we all, we kind of all found out properly when it was announced at the Royal Albert Hall, you know, that, that was a night that we were all like, Oh, this is happening, you know? So it, it was around that time. But as I say, we kind of all found out with everyone else with that announcement then and obviously then you're on board as as the ring announcer you're in conversation with michael cole a lot and 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 it kind of might i think i know the answer to this because as you've said sometimes you don't find out as quickly as people know but um was there early discussion of you transitioning mm. from ring announcer to commentator i think michael initially asked me like this is before the first tournament hey are you only commentary and i was like oh yeah, I'm a little bit. <laughs> I mean, it asked me if I'd done any ring announcing. And I was, in my mind, I was like, well, I mean, the true answer is no. But in my head, I was like, well, I've been inside a boxing ring with a microphone talking to someone. So that's kind of announcing. I'm in a ring of ring announcing. Yes, I've done ring announcing. That's how I kind of justified the white lie. Um, so no, to begin with, I think it was raised very briefly uh, to see if that was anything that was in my locker. But no, in all honesty, no, not really. Um, and it was something that as I kind of got into the industry, I, you kind of see how different things affect the product. And I, I think as an announcer, one of the ways you can have the biggest, I mean, every, every role is so crucial. But I did look at commentary and I was like, that's a real opportunity to try and you know have an impact on these matches. So it's something that always intrigued me from the get-go. Uh, once you, well, now you're part of the first British uh, announced table in WWE history, which that's crazy. Is, that is crazy. so <laughs> incredible. Um, what's it like working with Nigel? Talk to us about Nigel. Nigel is. Nigel is amazing. I can't say enough good about him. He's funny. Um, if, if you ever meet Mr. McGuinness, um, ask him if he's got any cards on him. No doubt he'll show you a magic trick. He's just, he's just a pleasure to work with. Um, and he knows so much about the industry. Um, you know, and he, he's very technical. He's got great knowledge of, of, uh, you know, of, of what's gone before. Um, so for me, look, and I'm learning, I'm learning on the job. And so to get to sit alongside someone like Nigel McGuinness is just an honor. And he's fun. He's so fun to work with. He's a funny guy. It's, um, it's good times with Nigel McGuinness. Tell me something that Nigel has, uh, has, has advised you on, like some tips, some, some critique that Nigel has given you that has upped your game. Nigel's been great in terms of how to structure your view on a match. So obviously, you know, when we're sitting getting ready for the shows, we'll have a look at what matches we've come up. He's been someone who's... I remember on those tapings, he helped guide me in terms of like, hey, maybe we can kind of go down this alley in terms of discussing this match and stuff like that. So Nigel knows what Nigel knows so much, and he's helped guide me in terms of 
guiding him because that's my job as a play-by-play guy you're the one kind of in control guiding that ship so you know he, he gave me some very good notes that day in terms of you know where he thought would be good to go um and and it, it felt like it was um i mean michael cole is just so much tom tom phillips is someone who's who's sort of day-to-day been working with me um and I, there's there's so much that goes into commentary until you start studying it and like i've been a fan for 20 plus years now and you just kind of listen to well i just listen to commentaries like oh this is cool it's great it's only when i started studying it in recent years you you kind of hear the minutiae and, and how certain things you know, have an effect. The smallest thing can have the biggest impact sometimes. I suppose just tr- trying to get across who that person is. You know, why are we watching this match? What, I, think the, I think the fundamentals as a play-by-play guy is why is this match important, you know? Um, you know, you, you want to convey to the audience why, why they should be engaged in this match. For the first time ever, the Prince is getting set to compete on NXT UK TV. Can Finn Balor take out one of Walter's knights tonight, or will he continue to be a pawn in Imperium's game? When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Away from commentating, you've started a podcast now, and I, I'm a big fan of the the blatancy of the podcast, which is basically the reason why I wanted to start this kind of podcast anyway, because your podcast is called People I Want to Be Friends With. That's it. And I love it. it. I love the I love That's the out it. and out honesty of it, which is why most people start podcasts anyway. It is. Like I I, I wanted to start a podcast for a while. And I was that name was just in my head for a long time. Because again, the 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 reason I wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to have conversations and conversations with people that I may not normally get to have those conversations with. And so that's that's why I called it that. And it's kind of grown into 
you know, it's it's not sports specific. I'm going to have people on there, you know, who perhaps aren't sports specific. But right now, it's it's a lot of sports people because that's kind of the the world and the, and the world I'm in and what people seem to want to listen to. But it's just a great opportunity to say, hey, so and so, do you want to talk to me for an hour? And it's been great. You know, I, I kind of based it on the the premise that you are the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, and I'm a big believer in that. I think kind of grown up and gone through my career, you want to surround yourself with positive, inspiring people, not people who sap, sap your energy and full of negativity. And so I want to talk to people who I know inspire me. And you know, the aim of the conversations is that hopefully when people leave listening to that podcast, they feel inspired in some way to go and achieve what they want to achieve. And it's, it's been a lot of fun to do. Who would be the five people be the- that build who you are? Uh, what in, in an ideal world or in my world now? The five people who build around. First of all, my my partner. She's amazing. She puts up with me. She motivates and inspires me. So that's one. Uh, my parents. I'm going to use those as one person because they are one. Uh, again, my parents, as I said earlier, like they're the ones who support me. Uh, you know, the, the 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 path that I've chosen to take, as I'm sure you know, it's it's a challenging one. You know, um, it, it's it's challenging, and, and they've been there through ups, through downs, through tough times, through good times. Uh, and I couldn't have done it without them. So them, um, Tom Phillips, Tom Phillips, for sure. He is someone who, you know, at the very start of my career, when I first started contacting WWE, you know, he, he was talking to me, he was advising me, he was helping me. When I first went down, um, to Monday night raw to see the guys, he was the guy who, you know, took me under his wing. Um, so yeah, Tom, Tom Phillips, for sure. Um, my brother, I know I'm going for quite a family heavy here, so this is not great for fans, but my, my, my brother, same team as my mum and my dad. Um, and also, I think at the moment, I, mean, I know I've gone for five, but people like Vic Joseph and John Cuesto, those are guys who are really, in, at this point in my life, in my career, you know, while I'm focusing on, on this stuff, those guys, those, those are the team who are helping, you know, um, prepare me for this stuff and helping guide me. Like, I spend a lot of time on the phone to those guys. I really, really do. And they're, they're so helpful to bounce ideas off, to, to practice ideas with. So, yeah. So, my, my family, my, my partner, um, and, and the commentary team at WWE, those are the guys who are really helping shape how I am at this moment. The whole thing is, as you say, it's, it's you wanting to have conversations with people. Have you had a conversation with somebody that has surprised you? I originally did it in series of fives. Well, I'm going to keep doing that. I don't know. I might just chunder through. But um, this series I had, Tom Phillips started, I started with Tom Phillips uh, a week or two ago. That was a great conversation. I think that was, for me, that was, wasn't so surprising as it's a conversation meeting I've had in parts over the last couple of years. So I think it's, it's great for people to listen to. Flash Morgan Webster was on last week. He was great. I think, I think actually Dave Coldwell. So Dave Coldwell is Tony Bellew's boxing trainer. He's a boxing trainer, manager, Sky Sports pundit. He was someone who was incredibly open with me about his past, what he went through with his, with his mother. Um, she had an alcohol problem. She was abusive. And I, I'd met Dave a number of times and I've worked with him and Dave Coldwell is truly one of the nicest men, nicest guys, genuine guys in the world. And for him to be that open about his journey and the chances he had, the fact that, you know, where he grew up, he didn't really fit in because of his ethnicity and the bullying and all those, all those challenges he was up against and how they helped shape him to where he is now, which is one of 
the world's most respected boxing coaches. He's a manager. He's a pundit. He's a, he's a great pundit. For me, one of the best in the game right now. Um, that was a conversation that I didn't expect, and uh, it was a real privilege to have. So, again, if you want to go and check it out, people I want to be friends with on whatever podcast platform you've got, there's there's some very interesting conversations there. But Dave Caldwell, for sure, is 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 a real standout one. Who would you like to be friends with? Who would you like on a future episode? I mean, The Rock. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Door, yeah, that's I mean, right. I'm, as, as I'm sure you do, you know, you, in this line of work, you get to meet famous people. It's the name of the game. And I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm okay with 99.9% of it. I don't know how I'd be if I met The Rock. <laughs> I... I I don't know if I'd if I'd start hugging him, if I'd start crying, if I'd lose control of my bowels. I I don't I don't because he talked again. Going back to the whole concept of my podcast, I love pe- meeting people who inspire me. At this point in my life, I want positive in, positive energy. I want people to inspire me to do better and to achieve everything I can do. And that is the rock, just summarised completely, along with being just chiselled as hell, charismatic as you like. An extremely good-looking man. I mean, gee, I mean, what's he not got? Oh, and oh, one probably the most successful movie star in the world right now and producer. I don't know what he's not got. So when you watch his stuff, when you watch his content, um, it's it's really inspiring. Another guy that I actually really like. I was a bit cautious of following him because I, I've, I've followed people before who are these kind of inspirational people. Yeah, and when you dig down a bit. I don't know, a bit hollow and a bit just like uh, there's not not much authenticity. But but Gary V, I can't pronounce Gary Viacekos, I think his name is. He's you know he's a he's a business guy, works in the ad world and social media guru. He's someone that I truly love his content, and it's, you know, I watch his content and it, it inspires me massively. So he's someone else I'd like outside of the wrestling world. But yeah, The Rock and Gary get those two together, boom. <laughs> Before we get to your last match, I like to spring this on people because I always like to hear what their top-of-the-head answer is. It's nothing offensive. Don't don't panic. Don't panic. It's all fine. It's all fine. We don't need to contact, don't need to contact PR. It's fine. Um, <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you to take with you on the island, as well okay. as three wrestling matches, a movie, an album, and a luxury item. So, uh, okay. off the top of your head, kind of, what's the first movie that comes to mind that you'd like to watch? So I studied film studies at university. Film, film and philosophy was my degree. Um, and a film that I always recommended to people was um, Amores Perros. Uh, it's, it's an old, I think it's, I think it's a Spanish film. That's a film that I like, and it's really good filmmaking. So I would take Amores Perros with me, because I think it's just a, a, a good film to watch. Actually, no. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Scrap. Hang on a minute. Scrap that. Scrap that. I just got Disney Plus. Right? <laughs> um, um, that was my high. I was trying to give you a highbrow answer there. What a fool. I've got Disney Plus and I've gone so deep into Disney Plus. Uh, Toy Story. Brilliant. <laughs> Toy Story From a Morris Paris to. Oh, Toy Story, mate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I just picked Toy Story, but you could literally just throw any Disney film me. I'm taking that. They're so good. I hadn't watched Disney in a long time because. I'm an adult, and I just, oh, I want to watch a film. Give me some, you know, shooty thing. Wow, Disney. Disney are storytellers. They are. Um, they, there is there I, is this whimsicalness around Disney films that no other movie house has been able to replicate. No, and we watched um, Moana the other night, and you would have thought I'd watched that with my, my love of the rock, mm. but I hadn't seen it. And again, just great films. And 
you know, emotional roller coasters, informative sing alongs. Oh man, yeah, like I, yeah, give me, give me Toy Story or for any Disney film, me, I'll watch that. That's a good one. Or actually, if I'm going, or, or you can go with the Irishman because that'll last you for the rest of your life. Um, <laughs> oh god, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a that's a big ass. That is even during isolation. That's a long oh, film. That's a long that, that's, film. That's that's one film for the all of isolation. Oh. No, I, I think I, give me give me a Disney film. Give me Toy Story because again, I think just Disney really rate Disney at the moment. Uh, um, album album. Now this is my problem. Right? I love music, but of the last few years, I just listen to podcasts. <laughs> fair, just listen to, fair. If I'm in if I'm in the gym or somewhere. I think I just love taking in information, so I just listen to podcasts. Um, so music, an album. So okay, so when I, I used to I used to run track and field, I used to be a sprinter, and there was an album I'd listen to while I was warming up and getting hyped up, and it was Linkin Park Jay Z Collision Course. Oh, nice! That album used to get me so hyped. So that's that's the album I take with me. So I've got Toy Story. <laughs> I've got a collision course. And what was the other one? A luxury item. Oh. Oh. Luxury. If I'm on a desert island, I would take... I would take an into uh, uh, a 5G enabled <laughs> laptop. <laughs> so, five, five, I would take a 60 inch 5G enabled laptop. And then throw this stupid DVD you burnt me in the sea because I'm going to watch Disney Plus. On my, on my <laughs> 60 inch laptop that doesn't exist in production right now. I love, I love how the luxury item bit is as has just adapted over the years. When we started this, everybody was taking toilet paper and hygiene oh, oh, items. And now every week someone goes, Can I take I know, I know, but it's just just use the ocean. But um <laughs> but and now, and now in the last couple of weeks everybody's gone, Can I just take my phone? It's like, well I guess, but it's just, I guess you can, but it's fine. You shouldn't take come on, your phone, your phone I don't even if you got like the iPhone plus plus, come on, mate, come on. Get your get your big screen. <laughs> if you're there for the long haul, get your internet enabled whatever tv <laughs> laptop thing i want a keyboard your, i want a keyboard I, I want a mechanical keyboard clacks <laughs> on long noise um just to go back to it um you you mentioned that you studied me you did you did media studies film and philosophy film, that's what i studied oh film studies i do apologize film studies. well actually no, this this is still prevalent still prevalent um a, a little test because because i did it myself and i always like to test anybody that's uh that did film studies as well difference between diegetic and non-diegetic <laughs> Jack is in the sound. Uh, one of them's coming from the scene. So if you ring a bell, the bells, you can see someone ringing the bell. And something else is like uh, external sound, like a soundtrack or something, which is laid at the top. Uh, nobody can remember which way round it is. You pass the, so, you so pass the test. The diegetic is the one, so let's give the bell example. If I'm ringing the bell and you can see it, that's diegetic because it's in the film. And then uh, like bed music is non diegetic. Is that the way round? I think it is, yeah. I haven't checked. I've, I've got it in front of me. I just remember diegetic and non-diegetic. Uh, I'm gonna, I'll go. Do you know what, Andy? Andy, while you're there, let me Google it. Non yeah. non-diegetic is when a noise has a source. Oh, diegetic is when it's on screen. Non-diegetic is when it isn't. Yes, I'm gonna write. Ten points. Yes. Ten points to yes. ten points that, to Gryffindor. That degree. That degree finally paid off. Before we let you go, your third and final match we have had, uh, and the Iron Man match, classic uh, between Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. We have had uh, the the Takeover Chicago classic as well, the modern day miracle that was that match, and uh, one more match. What is it, Andy? So 
I, like a lot of uh, wrestling fans, have spent a heck of a lot of time on the WWE Network as of late. And I was going, to, I've been going through watching super old stuff through to, you know, WrestleMania this year and so forth. And I went back and revisited WrestleMania 18. And Rock versus Hogan, just in terms of these guys telling a story and taking the crowd on a journey. And that's for me why I love sport. I love sport. I love sport. And why wrestling is so good because you want to be taken on an emotional journey. Whether you're a football fan, you know, watching your team win or lose or that journey throughout the season to anything else, you want to be swept up in emotion. That's why I think people like sport. And The Rock and Hogan did just that that night. And that's a match that I, I think I watched it three or four times in you know, a day or two. And that's a match that I think should be watched by every wrestling fan. When you watched it first time, um, were you a Rock guy or a Hogan guy? Well, Hulk Hogan, because I think the first, my first ever exposure to wrestling was WrestleMania 9. And Hulk Hogan was Hulk Hogan. He was, you know, he, he was the guy who blew this business up. So I was a Hogan guy. I was a Hogan guy until I found Shawn Michaels. And I was always, I've always been a Hogan guy. Always been a Hogan guy. But then Sean was like the next incarnation of something. So I kind of wanted to be Hogan. But I, I can't remember who I was with at that time. Watching the match live, God knows how many years ago, 18 years ago, I can't remember who I was with. I was probably with Rock. Or maybe I was just down in the middle because I loved the, both guys so much. But watching it back now, you just... I, I think it's so easy in this day and age to be like, oh, but where's all the moonsaults? Where's all the flippy bump bang stuff? But these guys just told an incredible story. Um, so to, yeah, to answer your question, I'm not sure who I was with. I was probably down the middle. It's one of those things with a match like that, that when you when you learn more about the industry, you, you're even more fascinated by that match. The idea that they went in with this preconceived idea of how the match would go, and then the fans yeah. reacted the way they did. And on the yeah. fly, they said, we need to switch this up. Body in a rock, in a rock now turning the I think what spurred me to go back and watch it was I think Rock and Hogan actually Rock did a, an Instagram live on breaking down that match and, and the history behind the match and if you haven't seen that I'm sure it's available on his channel or somewhere in the ether go and watch that because it's amazing to hear the story behind that match um, because obviously Hogan was the bad guy going to that Rock was the good guy but the, fan, the fans will do what the fans want to do and these guys be able to call it on the fly and there's, there's the little nuances and Rock goes into this the little nuances where like Rock gets pushed back and he starts to sell in a certain way and that opens the doors for the fans to act in this way all these little nuances that you know when you just watch it on a base level you might not get it's a true lesson and again when you just watch it and get swept up in it, oh man, it's a beautiful thing to watch. Wrestling is beautiful when you can lose yourself in it. Yeah. And that, again, as I was saying, I, the reason I think people love sports is because they want to get swept up in it. Whether it's your football team, whether it's a, a Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor boxing match where, you know, you just want to see someone get knocked out and the hype around it. It's all the emotion that gets built up on it. People, I think, love being taken on 
an emotional roller coaster and sports do that so well particularly combat sports and then obviously with wwe who are just mastered storytellers they are probably the best in the world of doing that so it's I, people want to be taken on these on these rides of emotion and we are really delighted that you are now basically one of those working the rides sir <laughs> yeah that's okay that's a it's a true honor to be to be in that seat um because yeah as you say just just trying to add what you can to the you know the guys are putting on stellar performances the guys and girls so i put in stellar performances inside that ring so you know, hey look my job is just to try and you know do what i can to to, to bring some more info to that and and bring yeah, some more motion perhaps and long may that remain long may that remain thank sir thank you um, thank you very where much. can people find out all about you andy on, on, on tinder <laughs> uh, my social media well my, my, my handles my, my ats are andy shep on twitter and the old instagram my website's andy shep.com i'm aligned <laughs> um, my, my podcast is uh, people I want to be friends with. You can find that on Spotify, on Apple, that kind of stuff. So find me on social media, jump on my website. All the links and stuff are there. Come and say hello. Come and check out the podcast. Come and send me funny memes. I love it all. Uh, the last time you, just before Coventry, Andy, you were at the NXT UK show in York. Yes. And before I let you go, I need to apologize because I was one of those at the front who every time you got in the ring was going, oh, oh, my. <laughs> oh my word. that's that's been that's been going on now for I don't know how long. And there's a rumor. Right? Actually, Mike Mansuri, who is one of the top producers in all of WWE. Um, great guy, incredible guy. Another guy who's really, really helped me. Um, he was like, why, why are they doing that to you? I've heard it's because you fell into the ring once. <laughs> and I'm like, and it's this rumor that's gone around. And I, maybe once I kind of caught my leg on the rope getting in, probably did. And, and it started from there. But my word, every time I get into that ring now, it's terrifying. <laughs> it's terrifying. And you know what? I remember, I think it was a, that York show. And I got into the ring safely, all the way through the show, safely. And I got out of the ring at the very end of the show. And the, guy, the steps had been moved, and the guys were down, down there rearranging the steps. And I got out, and I think I was waving to someone in the, in the crowd. And I got out, and my foot trapped underneath the ring apron, and I so nearly fell, not into the ring, but fell face first onto the steel <laughs> ring steps on the ringside. I was, I was a gnat hair away. I, can't, I never saw that. So you, mate, you styled it out. Yeah, just... <laughs> Just to say the least, but it's not. No, I, I like. I, in all honesty, it's fun when the guys do that, when the, when the audience do that, because it's again, this is thing. This is wrestling. This is sport entertainment. It's it's fun. I mean, as much as it gives me sleepless nights, full of nightmares and cold sweats, if, if the crowd, if, if, the, if the crowd enjoy doing it, well, I'll just I'll just take the insomnia. <laughs> 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 